Welcome, Pathfinders, to Find the Path Podcast actual play of the Mummy's Mask Adventure Path. Where somebody has taken our Nosferatu. Lol, lol. They've taken him? He's, they've got our nose, one might say. Got your nose? Nosferatu. <laughs> it was not a good joke. It but was, it was joke. not a good joke, no. You never had the... They take, no, we got it. Oh, I got yes, your nose. Yes, yes. I, I remember being horrified as a child thinking my dad had stolen my nose. Yeah. But yes, it's now the episode with the missing Nosferatu because uh, he wasn't in his sarcophagus, we think. We could have gone with, now we have a tiny pocket sarcophagus. No, I don't know how to make that work. Sarcophagus. I was trying to put those words in one word and it didn't work. Nope. Pocket scophagus. What are words? Words are hard. Words are hard. Basically our job. Uh, So yeah, when last (laughs) we left our heroes, the doorkeepers of the Duat had entered into the Pyramid of the Sky Pharaoh and were exploring the Crypt of Flame. Crypt of Flame, Crypt of Fire. I think I keep flipping back and forth. The Crypt of Fire. Wherein they had found a uh, a chamber full of a variety of uh, eternal captives, as it titles them here. In essence, people chained to statues of Anubis, wherein the party had then subsequently begun breaking chains left, right, and center. Uh, feasibly, could have channeled energy or something like that, or even, you know, sneak attacked them, although that seems like it would be kind of cruel. Yeah, we didn't mm-hmm. want to, like, hurt the spirits. You know, I think it was almost kinder to do it this way. They didn't choose to be here, clearly. Very clearly. You had uh, dealt with the haunt before finding a portion of the wall, which uh, you're able to basically break through, entering into the crypt of the Sky Pharaoh's Fang, the Nosferatu Inhotep, Hakatep's assassin. Yeah, this seemed like a hasty addition. Yeah. You then spent some time kind of uh, beating your head against the rock that is his solid limestone sarcophagus. But we it's did like, Ch- it's it like Chisisek was order of magnitude smarter than we are. <laughs> How dare. I think we came up with a clever solution. And by we, I mean Jessica. <laughs> we did find a very clever solution at the end. It just took us a while to get there. What was Chisisek's intelligence score? That's the real question. Probably ridiculous. What? 9,000. 9,000. So <laughs> you could see the future. He could predict everything so, so much. After some debate and everything else, you'd eventually determined that, one, the sarcophagus was on some sort of track that it could slide to the side, and two, that uh, you couldn't figure out a way inside of it. So eventually you just decided to shrink it down to uh, pocket size, uh, yep. which I believe will last for like 15 days or something like that. Yep. Yeah, we turned it into a poly pocket. Yeah, it's yep. a, a cloth because you can <laughs> change it to cloth. So I made it cloth, folded it, and put it in my pocket. And uh, folded that away, and I believe we had left off our heroes, going to jump right back into this. We left off with our heroes standing around this this opening, this niche, containing a staff wrapped in a bejeweled linen sheet. As the four of you stand around this uh, this hole now in the ground, I suppose as Hollis uh, pockets the transmuted sarcophagus. I was really hoping it'd be more like of a secret passage type situation, but okay. Hey, maybe there's perfume in here. I'm gonna, yeah, you know, I have the spell. I'm gonna cast it. Uh, it's prepared. Hoss is gonna cast Arcane Sight Greater. I'm just gonna be auto detect magicking stuff. That's my whole life right now. Uh, with this spell, I automatically know which spells or magical effects are active upon any individual or object I see. It doesn't let me identify magic items, so I still have to do that. But it does let you determine that things are magical, correct? Yeah. I just, I got it because we're going to fight a bunch of magic people and I figured that'd be handy. 
It'd be nice to just be able to look at somebody and go, oh, those are all the buffs you have that I need to dispel. Yeah, kind of. But it lasts for a minute or for a while. So I was like, eh, I'll just cast it. Maybe we just start with, this is all wrapped in a cloth, right? Yeah. Maybe we start with the cloth. Is it magical? No. Okay. Let's use the cloth to like pick up the staff and like look at it without touching the staff itself. Just in well, case. Well, staff is magical. Why don't you just, if you're already, I mean, if you, I figured you were going to identify it, which is why I didn't have my secret roll. Oh, well, if I can see it, but I thought it was wrapped in a cloth. Yeah. I mean, you would have to unwrap it from the cloth to gain. Yeah. So we unwrap it, but without touching it, because what if it's cursed? Yeah. And then, you know, do the whole shindig. I guess also, is there anything like undead in here? It's just a hole. I don't know, man. It is a depression in the ground about five feet high, two and a half feet wide and six inches deep. Basically big enough to put this staff in. Pretty yeah. much. Okay. Well, I didn't know. There could have been like an undead swarm of moths or something. Who knows? <laughs> I'm going to take 10 for a 36 on that spellcraft check. Oh, I'm an elf. 38. So pulling the rat bundle out of the out of little hidey hole here, gently unwrapping it. First off, the garments themselves are of exceptional quality and have been Ooh, rather well maintained in this airtight chamber. Hmm. Uh, in fact, the... Uh, the linens here are literally bejeweled. They are threaded through with gold and silver thread and have oh a God, number of God. rubies and emeralds bejeweling their surface. Okay. What is this? Is it like I a scarf or something? Perfect 20. Uh, it's for a 30 on my appraise check. It is a kilt. Huh. Wait, a kilt? You know, like Egyptians wore those skirt things. Yeah, it's the proper oh, term for okay, silver. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah. You say kilt and I immediately think Everyone like, thinks you know, Scottish, but it's not yeah. a Scottish kilt. Yeah, it's, it's an Egyptian It's one. got the whole plaid pattern and everything. It's <laughs> yeah, that's I was like, like, that's, that's anachronistic as all get out. <laughs> yep. This is the Very McDonald's small, plans, short anyway. tangent, but I do like that uh, dwarves in 2E now have clan colors that they wear in kilts. Nice. Nice. That is I awesome. I can't remember what that pattern is actually. That's not... Tartan. There you go. Is it tartan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not plaid, but it is a bejeweled kilt worth 900 gold pieces. Wow. Nice. Dang. It is fancy. It, in essence, qualifies. One, it is an art piece. Uh, two, yeah. it, in essence, qualifies as an ancient Osirian equivalent of a royal outfit. Oh, oh okay. Fancy. Unwrapping okay, cool. this, you find staring up at you, I imagine, as you just kind of ra- unwrap the top of this, staring up at you is the beautifully carved wooden head of a hooded cobra. Rad. Neat. Unwrapping the entirety of the rest of this, it looks like the entirety of a serpent carved from a single piece of dark wood. That's so cool. Is this Jafar's staff? Can this please be Jafar's staff? And can it have snake staff cast on it or something? Identifying this, this is the staff of the hooded cobra. Okay. Uh, first off, this staff functions as a plus three defending Darkwood quarterstaff. Whoa, I want this staff real wow. bad. Additionally, once per day, when the wielder hits a creature with the staff, she can cause the carved cobra head to bite her target. Cool. The attack deals an additional 1d6 points of damage and injects the target with a virulent poison. Fortitude save DC okay. 20, frequency once per round for six rounds, deals 1d2 points of strength and con damage and requires two consecutive saves. Jeez. Holy moly. <laughs> Pretty bad. Dang. My AC's really bad. It would be nice to have that. For the squishy wizard, I think that's that's pretty much ideal. That's it? Wait, that's that's all that's in this? That's not perfume. Does it summon perfume? No. <laughs> no, it, it summons poison. That's all that's in it. Great. Well, mm. okay. 
<laughs> all right. Um, so, anybody think we might have to search all the uh, the walls of the chamber with the insanity haunt to see if maybe there's a secret passage through there? Because that's the only other place we haven't searched. Unless anybody um, else has other ideas. There's part of me that thinks there's something in the lava pit, but. Uh, yeah, but we're not jumping in the lava. Oh, I, know, I am aware. <laughs> I am just saying, like, it feels like the kind of crappy thing that these people would do. Hey, Masika, do you have the opposite of ice body? <laughs> it's, one thing to, it's one yeah, thing to do a, a little fire damage. It's another thing for Rick to say, yeah, you'll die in, like, two rounds if you're in Elemental there. Elemental body. I could know that, but I don't. Yeah, I was I gonna say because like if you're a druid or you had elemental body, you could become a fire elemental. You become immune yeah. to fire. So, but that's like super situational on whether you would have that. You, do you think they actually put this so that you have to go to one of the other temples to get the perfume and then come back to this one? We probably just need to search the other walls. Yeah, I mean there was the other area with the wall that moved up and down that we never solved. Well, I'm I'm thinking that there's maybe something that would help with that too, which this staff yeah. doesn't seem like it would be helpful. Well, I guess let's do a thorough search of the the walls around everything. Yeah, I mean, if you want to take ten, you can go back out there and just take ten. You're not under threat any longer. All right, I get a thirty-five doing that. If I'm using my lens, uh, then I get a thirty-four. So Sudi's still beating me, actually. Okay. Dude, he's so wisdomous. Don't forget that you get your uh, plus two bonus from Masika right now on all perception checks also because that's wisdom based. And oh, Masika right. Cast so it'd be a 36 you. then. Oh. You're edging me well, out. Well, you can also give Sudi the lens of detection and <laughs> give him the plus five, I but it doesn't matter. I could do that too. Taking the time to circle around the outside of the room, it takes you about 10 minutes or so as, all, as you're checking all these surrounding walls. You note two things. Firstly, no, there are no further secret passages in here. Secondly, okay. there is a a disconcerting sensation and a soft whispering sound beginning to build back up. Oh my gosh, this haunt regenerates? Wow. You've temporarily dealt with the haunt, but it seems like it will return, unless you find a way to actually put these spirits to rest. Okay, I would like to finish unchaining all of the bodies. Uh, you can take the time and easily do that. Taking, If you can get a uh, take 10 on a disabled device check and get a 25. I start with a 26 then you could pop the locks on all of these with very little effort. It doesn't seem to immediately dissipate the effect. Well, we should just leave then, huh? Yeah, because I'm like, it may be something where it's like anoint them with holy water or something like that, but like we don't have enough holy water for that. I will allow anyone that wishes to to make me a knowledge religion. I will take 10 for a 36. I roll a 6 for an 11. Masika rolls a 19 for a 35. Uh, Masika and Hollis... Their entire issue was that they were enslaved and then buried in this place. Maybe not being buried in this place would be what they would really want to put them to rest. Okay, so we can take them with us when we leave this place. That doesn't help, or we can go do that now. We just take that. We take them all. We take all the bodies out and just like roll them down the side of the no. pyramid. No, pick them up later. <laughs> Says the harassment. No. <laughs> you would so be fired from your job. It's true. That's why Sudi didn't suggest it. I was going to say, it's too bad we couldn't, like, be like, hey, Tefnaju, and we just pass them off, but yeah, he's We could stack gone. them in the cart, some of them, and fly them back and forth. That still doesn't solve our perfume problem. Yeah, no. so, okay, so we've already searched the uh, the room with the portal 
to search the if we want to search all the walls in the room with the lava the problem is, is that i believe that's the room that if we spend all too much time in we start taking environmental damage that room is still quite warm so i have a question even though we have shrunk it is it like ant-man rules where it still retains its like structure and everything like could we just like chisel the lid off because i feel like the perfumes inside the sarcophagus. It's cloth currently, so maybe we could cut it. I don't know. I was also going to look at the pit of lava that's in this, uh, the little kind of square of lava, the lava fountain, and see if there was anything magical about it. There's the faint pervasive transmutation that covers the entirety of this place that you believe was maintaining the temperature here, hmm. which was somehow linked to the portal, but the portal's closed now. Yeah. We, I mean, we could always just set the sarcophagus somewhere else and it could become a sarcophagus again. It doesn't help us get into it. My question was, is that if in the smaller state, it's easier to break into because it is smaller, or does it, like, retain its strength? Well, the problem is, is it has a cloth composition. Yeah, which makes it cloth somehow? I don't really know what that means. The way I always picture it is you shrunk it down, and it becomes the equivalent of, like, a patch. Yeah, that's what I kind of thought. So then yeah. just take a little knife and cut it, and then make it big again, and the lid should be open. Can I make some sort of check? Deep cut rules. Woo! And, well, I mean, you gotta ask, right? I don't know how it works. I don't know if it's Ant-Man I love rules. it. I love the idea of just, like, getting some scissors, cutting open yeah. the little lid, <laughs> making it big again. Lid. Yeah. Very fun. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't think it works like that. But you know what? I could be could be onto something. Wor worst case, I can technically pummel through all the stone eventually. Uh, I'd rather worst you Worst case, you can just punching. zoop in there. What do you mean, zoop in there? She, Citra can literally go oh, through stone. Citra no, can, yeah. I can't. Oh, it's worked. Yes. Yeah, it's worked. Oh, we could break it, and then you could go through it. Well, that's my whole thing, is like, is it easier to break in its shrunken form? So, mechanically speaking, the shrink item spell says that the object is one sixteenth of its normal size in each dimension mm -hmm. to about one four thousandth of the original volume and mass. You chose to use the option to change the now shrunken composition into a cloth-like one. Yes. Which means that it is no longer stone, it is mechanically speaking cloth. Yes. And you wish to destroy the lid of this. Or cut it open of somehow. This cloth. Yes, or, or cut a hole in it. Very well. Do any of you have any craft involving cloth work? Like nope. sewing? I, no. I don't. I have painting, which I might deal with canvas. I have cooking. Cheesecloth exists. <laughs> okay. Cheesecloth, really? I don't That's know. Where we're at. So here's what I'm going to say. Oh, boy. <laughs> if you wish to, you may make a dexterity check oh, okay. to attempt to trim this down. I was going to allow a, uh, a craft check if any of you had anything doing right. with cloth stuff. Because keep in mind that not only is the stone transmuted, but so is everything inside of it. So yep. depending on how you cut this... We might actually cut our perfume bottle up too. Yeah, so you have Could to be potentially careful. destroy whatever's inside of it. You don't know. All right. Well, I've got a plus six dex. I also have a plus six dex. Your your dice looks better than mine, so you should probably go for it. Can she get a bonus if one of us holds the magnifying glass for her? The no. lens of detection. <laughs> okay, I tried. All right. Do we want me to try this or no? I am a huge fan personally. But that's just me. I mean, it seems easier than putting it back into its its normal size and pummeling the crap out of it. Which for could a also break hours, whatever's inside. Exactly. Which would also potentially break it. Okay, so yes. Yeah, we got to you got to be strategic about where you put the cut. 
my whole goal is to like just like I don't know get the lid off somehow to sort of like cut a seam in it you know or cut a corner out to where we stick our arm in or something I don't know you cut, essentially cut a little like niche into a, a side yeah are we down for this yes I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean I, I'm down for it okay. Heather what are your what are your thoughts I mean if this is the only perfume in the place and we bust it I don't know what we're gonna do but yeah, you're kind of trying to cut a little portal to put your yeah. hand in when it's big okay. again. Are you cutting that in the top or the side? Top. What per Okay, what perspective is it in? I imagine it would be from a sideways perspective. So just slice off the top. Yeah, I'm thinking just the top. Yeah, and, and just, you know, give it a shake so everything slides to one end. <laughs> I don't know if anything can shake I, when it's in cloth just, form, you know? Like, I'm either. just joking. I, th I, I, think, okay. yeah, I think the top is the smartest because I should have left the... it in stone form. I didn't realize we were going to be cutting, well, cutting well, it. Well, I didn't either. Well, we didn't know. Yeah. All right. Oh, well. All right. I'm going right, to go for it. I'm going to go for it. <laughs> Please tell me you got a perfect 20. Yeah! <laughs> I was scared that was a scary bad critical. No, it was not a scary one. It was like an over hyperactive critical giggle. Yes. <laughs> oh man. So you did a collage project in art school once. I mean, I my my job at Tefu is I literally used to restore pictures, so I always had to be really careful. So it makes sense. So you settle down here. Hollis leans in on the opposite side. You just kind of lay this out. Everyone kind of puts in a hand to pull it as taunt as absolutely possible. Well, we can't sit it on the cloth. floor; it'll turn back. So we literally have to like. Oh, okay. We're doing it. it we floor. have to do it in somebody's palm, basically. Sudi's palm. You're stone. Yeah, you're doing it in Sudi's palm because you know you poke me. Who cares? Sudi, lay down. <laughs> you pull out your kukri. <laughs> you speak the command word to deactivate the electricity on it. You oh, slice yeah. it with your supernaturally sharp knife. Yep. <laughs> Just kind of a thin peel across the top of it. And then we sit it on the stone floor so it'll redig it. back, yeah. Let's see if it works, she says, holding the strip of cloth that yeah, she just, just hold cut that, away. I guess. We'll sit it carefully, like, on the ground so, so it'll zoop back into its Not form. on top of the hole, though, right? Or are we putting it off to the side? I figured we picked a room that was fairly safe for us to stand in and uh, use that room. Oh, okay. So we don't have to put it back in the same room. We can literally that, go that, anywhere. That is in this true. Place. But we probably wanted to get out of the uh, haunt. Yeah, the haunt room. I don't know why I'm sitting here like I'm holding a piece of cloth. What is wrong with me? Because you're holding a piece of cloth. Because <laughs> you're in the moment. <laughs> so where are you doing this? Uh, I said maybe back in the uh, the super hot central room. Well, that no. was thinking, <laughs> the puzzle room, maybe. Past all the you mean past all the traps, the the rooms yeah. with the light wells or whatever. Because that room seemed pretty safe. Ish. Uh, I'm I'm down for that. With all the puzzle pillars? Room? Puzzle room. Yeah, let's go to the puzzle room. Then we can just put it in the corner. <laughs> and then if we did break it, we can just like scoop it out and run over there real fast. Yeah. We're going to put Nosferatu in a corner. His name ain't mm -hmm. Baby. Mm-hmm. He wishes he was Baby. <laughs> so, yeah. You navigated your way back through. Return all the way back through the uh, the various trap rooms onto the back into the eastern wing of the Crypt of Flame. Enter the room. Settle down here. Hollis, you lay out the sarcophagus in the floor. Yep. Sudi in his mind's eye hears, I'm moving. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you hear with your mind's eye. Yes. <laughs> Hollis, you lay this down. It immediately expands. I imagine that there would be a yelp from Citra as she's still holding up the part immediately expands <laughs> oh. <laughs> into the lid of the sarcophagus. 
as she yelps and jumps back <laughs> as it. Jump out of the way so it doesn't land on oh, my yeah, foot. Yeah, you're holding the lid. <laughs> yes, as you're holding that. like a huge chunk of the lid. If this works, I'm gonna be so thrilled. You rolled a perfect twenty. I hope it works. <laughs> the sarcophagus is no longer intact. However, the contents inside of it appear to be. Contents! Yes! <laughs> What's inside? This is so weird, and I love it. No body lies inside of the sarcophagus. Oh, thank goodness. Only laid out much in the shape of a body is a fine purple robe oh. adorned with gold beads and black pearls. Surrounding the outside of this, strangely undisturbed, despite the movement, the carrying, and all the rest of that of the cloth equivalent of the sarcophagus, are 20 ceramic vials sealed wow. with wax. <laughs> yes. Arranged around the edge of the coffin, of which Masika instantly recognizes, having seen the long, horrific nails of the Nosferatu pry these open in a vision that you'd had previously. Good thing I did the lid and not the side. There were 20 oh, of them in case you broke gosh. some. There were definitely 20 in case you broke some. <laughs> it worked, guys. It worked. This is rad. I cannot believe that that worked. I can't believe it worked. Oh, I love magic and I love Pathfinder. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, is the robe magical? Oh yeah. No, there's no magic. As an interesting Just side an note, if there was anything magical in here, Hollis's spell would have failed. That's true. Shrink item does not work ah. on magical things or a container containing a magical thing for that matter. True. So mm. does this look like perfume? I don't want to open it just in case. I mean, it's what he was carrying. Woo. All right. So I think we should be very careful. Take a few of these in reserve. Uh, and by few, I mean all. And then go use one of them in the bowl. All right. So how much are these uh, vials worth? Well, I was going to say, does anybody want to wear this cool outfit or we can just put it in the bag to sell to an uh, art collector or something? I mean, at this point, I have some pretty awesome clothes. <laughs> uh, Masika gets a 26 on an appraise for the robe. I'll use it for both. So first off, the robe, like this is beyond royal. Whoa. This would be a robe reserved for only the highest of nobility or the most prominent advisors of a pharaoh. Cool. Again, this is purple. Oh, yeah. Which is, especially during that time, was exceedingly rare. Uh, even now in modern Osirian, purple dye is very difficult to get. Mm. In total, you believe these robes are worth uh, about 5,600 gold. Wow. Jeez. Just in the <laughs> sheer quality of them. Could you imagine he never wants to wear those robes except to fancy parties where he knows he won't get stabbed or cut or whatever, right? As you like, pick this up, you register that this is not linen. This is silk. Oh. <laughs> where they managed to get this from, you have no idea. Wow. Somebody should wear this and be like, okay, I'm here to advise you. I'm wearing the uniform. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, each of these wow. ceramic vials are filled with uh, rare perfumes. Each one of them, despite being only one ounce of material, are worth 50 gold pieces of oh piece. Oh my jeez. Wow. This is ridiculous. Well, let's go stick it in the bowl and see what it does. <laughs> you can if you so wish. Yeah, uh, I figure Citra will carefully take one of the vials and crack the wax seal and pour it into the bowl. You make your way forward. The cat-headed statue stares down disinterestedly towards you as you approach. <laughs> You dig around the edge of the wax seal, pop this open. All of you immediately smell this beautiful, fragrant, floral scent. Oh, that's nice. Brings to mind 
spring mornings next to water lilies along the Sphinx River. How nice. Nice. Pouring this into the bowl, the statue sinks down into the floor with a smooth motion and that distant sound of clockwork gears working, revealing behind it a small alcove. Honestly, no more than maybe three feet deep, about eight feet across. Wow. Containing a number of shelves. Okay, not exactly what I thought we were going to find. Is there magic here? Stepping forward, looking this over, you can see that there's a smaller clay version of the offering bowls sitting on one of the shelves. Hmm. A candle, a dozen jade figurines of cats, (laughs) what appear to be eight pearls, and an additional 15 perfumed candles, what looks to be a case of some form, and a ring, almost like a almost like a crown of dried flowers. Is any of that stuff magic? Detecting magic. Uh, the bowl appears to be magical. The candle, uh, one of the candles appears to be magical. All of the dozen figurines appear to be magical. Two of the black pearls appear to be magical as well. I mean, I take 10 for a 36 on spellcraft. Or, sorry, a 38. I keep forgetting that bonus. Okay. Any of the rest of you doing anything while Hollis is looking these over? I mean, I'll, I get a 32, to, or sorry, yeah. 33. I can help her just because it's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Okay. Uh, Sudi will like just watch out to make sure this weird assassin guy doesn't come after us, so he's still doing the concentration on detect undead. Yeah, I figure uh, Citra's helping guard as well. Hollis, Masiko, you both have enough time to look at the bowl and the candle uh, individually and begin to determine exactly what they do. In fact, you can determine exactly what they do before the soft grinding sensation returns as the statue begins to raise back up after about six, uh, yeah, six rounds, just a little over 30 seconds. Oh, seriously? Oh, I forgot to put the rod. (laughs) (laughs) We can do it again and put the rod this time. Yeah. It's starting to rise. How long do we have? You have one round. In essence, you would have enough time to grab one object per hand and then Mm -hmm. jump off the platform before it crushes you into the cell. All right, well, we just need to open it again and then grab everything out. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. so we're, well, we now have 18 vials of perfume. <laughs> I, I think we can just use the rod, get everything, and then move Yeah, the let's rod. just do that so we're not in a rush. <laughs> just in case any of this stuff's cursed. I really just wanted to do that for the joke, so yeah, I mean, you can just put down the rod. It's pretty Use funny. another one of your vials and look this over. Uh, taking 10 on your spellcraft checks, those will pass for all the material within this, uh, which Yay. you find the following. Oh, my God. All right. The bowl functions as an admixture vial. Uh, it is worth 5,000 gold pieces. Once per day, an alchemist can use the simple-looking uh, vial to combine two extracts into one. Hmm. Just kind of fun. I actually think kind I had cool. one of those when I was playing an alchemist previously. I think you did. The item next to it is the candle that Masika grabbed. Masika, you're able to identify this as a candle of clean air. It is a simple white candle inscribed with glyphs portraying various sweet-smelling flowers. When lit, the candle repels smoke, mist, cloud, and other gas effects in a five-foot radius. These effects do not penetrate the area around the candle if they are of spell level three or lower against more powerful cloud effects, including effects not based on spells such as a dragon's breath weapon or a gorgon's breath weapon. The candle grants creatures in the area plus four resistance bonus on saving throws against these effects. Creatures in the area gain a plus four deflection bonus to AC against creatures of the air subtype. Oh, that'll be helpful in the air place. That's kind of cool. The candle can burn up to five minutes in increments of one minute at a time. Once all five minutes are used, the candle is destroyed. Hollis and Masika, I imagine you go through all all one dozen of the jade figurines of cats. 
Yep. The good news, bad news is, the good news is you're able to determine that these are not what they're supposed to be. The bad news is they aren't what they're supposed to be. Uh, each one of these appear to have been feline, basically lion figurines of wondrous power. Yeah. However, none of them are. They all Dang have it. magic aura cast on them to appear to be magical when they are in fact mundane jade figurines of cats. Ah, oh, tricky, tricky. Ah. Oh. However, uh, each one of these is a solid jade figurine and worth 100 gold fee- 150 gold pieces each. Hollis will cool. take one. Preferably one that looks sleepy. <laughs> Six of the pearls are just pearls. What do you guys get taking 10 on a price check? Masika gets 20. 23. You're able to determine that each of these pearls are worth 500 gold pieces apiece. Mm, wow. As black pearls are quite rare. In addition, however, two of the black pearls are actually beads of force. Dang. Yeah. I'll hang on to a bead of... Actually, I'll hold both of them, just in case. Okay. There are 15 richly perfumed candles. They're just candles. They're worth 100 gold pieces each and can be used for material components for spells that require candles, which there are a number of them. The case, which you can open up, includes seven different shades of coal. Oh, I coal. Uh, in essence, it is a cosmetic case worth uh, 200 gold pieces. I was going to say, is it those worth magical? my magic coal? Because I kept meaning to buy more of that no, and I kept forgetting. Nothing's magical. It's just nice, fancy It's just coal. cool. Hmm. Masika puts the flower crown on Narmer. Nice. Ha. Oh, yeah. What's the flower crown? Anything? Oddly, no. It's not magical. It's of no value. It's delightful is what it is. That still leaves us with a door we have to figure out how to get past. What if we use the beads of force to just break down the door? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the key. Bam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Boom. Um, are the depressions in there like... They were, they were like arrows, right? Yeah. You should back to the door? Yeah, I guess so. I'll take my rod back from here and we'll go back to the door. You make your way over. I suppose uh, take the rod back, let this raise back up. Again, the perfume is gone and has been replaced with flowers. Mm-hmm. Placing take these flowers those. on the other statue, you can make your way back across the force bridge that heads over the uh, the little volcanic lava pit. Mm-hmm. And then all the way over to the door. Again, the passage at the end of this corridor is blocked by a red door. A block of dark red stone. Uh, it exudes warmth uh, into the hallway. And there are two arrow shapes carved about waist height, and then a second set of two arrow shapes carved at about shoulder height. Would they hold cats? Or black pearls? I mean, they could feasibly hold anything. Like I said, there's a small <laughs> indentation. They're deeply carved. They're carved in about three inches, and there's a small lip or indentation. I'm very confused by this door. So am I. Hmm. I feel like it's simple and we're missing it. So if we push the door in the direction of the arrows, is it still only doing like the slight movement? The arrows are pointing up and there's no way for you to push this up. Picture it like the Starfleet emblem. That it just goes up and down and then there's a curve down at the bottom. And the curve is enough for you to hook fingers over, but there's nothing to there's not a handle to grab a hold of. There's just enough room for you to fit something behind it. And pulling it down was really hard? Or You never tried to pull it down. Try pulling it down. I thought I tried pulling it. You tried climbing up it. You got on top of it. You tried climbing up into the ceiling. Yeah, pull the dang door down. Yeah, Sudi's going to just try to pull it again. You can attempt a strength check if you wish to try to pull it down. All right, here we go. Okay. But those are just two sets of handholds, so two people could pull the door down. Or if, maybe. It, if it keeps going, then maybe you'd have to, like, you know, do yeah. this, like, a ladder number. Yeah, so know. Sudi rolls a 13 for a 19 to try to pull it down. It moves ever so slightly. 
All right, keep hmm. going. All right. And by that, I mean like a fraction of an inch. Yeah, I'll try it again. I rolled a two for an eight. Can you take 20? Again. Yeah, I mean, technically, there's nothing stopping you from spending two minutes taking 20. Okay, well, if I take 20, I get a 26. So after about two minutes, you manage to get it down one foot. I put the rod in. Is there is there a gap if, or is it just more door? You can see that there's light coming from the other side. Uh, I will also point out that up to four people can attempt to aid another on this because there I are mean, four handholds. I'm not very strong, but I'll put my rod there to keep to let you take a break for a second. Okay, I mean, I'll try to aid. All right, uh, so... I'll try to if aid. If you guys I'm... are aiding, I can't take <laughs> 20, so... I roll a nat 20 to aid you. I aid. I, I roll First a 12 to aid you. Masika aids. All right, everybody aids. That's an extra plus six. I'm at plus 12. Here we go. I roll a 12. With a plus 12, that's 24. After spending about two full minutes struggling with this, you're eventually like, a little help. At which point, uh, yeah, with all of their aid in the next six seconds or so, the next round, you're able to get another foot down, basically double your progress as you begin to right, pull it down. Right, I move the rod down. <laughs> <laughs> we just move the rod down. We're, we are literally brute forcing this door open. All right, here we go again. So everybody roll your aids. I exactly aid you. I rolled a 10. I aid again. <laughs> I aid. Hey, plus six for plus 12. Here we go. Come on, Zooty. <sighs> that's a seven, so that's a 19. Nope. You can Another still hear the clicking aids. sound like there are scores of gears grinding away inside of the walls. I don't I, aid. I don't aid. Masika aids. Hey, now it's at a plus eight. I roll a 17 for a 25. Nice. You pry it down. The bottom two handholds, you know, again, I imagine that's probably the issue with like Hollis and Mas and, uh, and Citra is they're kind of down at the bottom. You know, Masika's hopped up to grab onto one of the upper ones that Sudi's also pulling on. Imagine Masika's just hanging on it. <laughs> like <laughs> you fold your legs feet. up and you're just like, my body weight will be the aid. To <laughs> <laughs> be fair, she is tiny. Yep. I imagine there's a moment where Masika probably stumbles free. Sudi, I imagine, also, as there's a yelp from your companions below, as some sort of counterweight kicks in once it gets down about three feet, and it just swoops down to the floor. Oh, God. Okay. A blast of hot air rushes in at you as the chamber beyond's revealed. Mm. I take my rod back. Actually, I put my rod on the door. Stepping into the chamber beyond, a pool of lava runs the length of this chamber from east to west, hissing and bubbling lazily. The floors of the circular spaces off towards your right and left are painted with red arrows. An alcove takes up the far side of the room. An alcove is a little bit of an underestimate since it's about 25 feet across, about 20 foot deep. Opposite of the door that you come in, which holds a crystalline pyramid, deep red in color, surrounded by glowing red moats that float in the air up around it. Oh, that's got to be the it. key. Probably. Yeah, jinx, for sure. Again, it is somewhat transparent, like a gemstone or a geode, and is covered in hieroglyphs. It pulses with a soft ruby radiance. You have enough time to take this in. Oh, no. Before you look over and see a figure. The man is tall, emaciatedly thin, with long arms that are the dark shade of gray close to granite in a hmm. thin, so angular face. Gold-plated lamellar covers his body, 
And in one hand, he holds a vicious-looking battle axe. Oh, yeah, that's him. Yep. The figure turns red glowing eyes towards you. Large, sharp teeth, like those of a rat, protrude from his upper lip. The figure sneers, and without preamble, begins to stride forward. Okay, I appreciate right. that. Yep. Importantly, Hollis. Uh-oh. You note the three horrific-looking beings hovering invisibly about the chamber. There's invisible stuff here. Horrid, emaciated, grayed corpses floating through the air with hideously elongated legs and bows made of bone, which immediately scream back to you memories of fighting F. this thing in the desert alongside yep. the gear to Lilu that these things had hunted. Oh uh, god, I hate these things. Three of them. What are they called? And I need initiative from the party. Start the beat. Oh god, what are these things called? They're um Baycock. Baycock, yeah, that's They're it. Baycocks. I have a plan for them, maybe. Hey, at least we fought them before. Hey, I might get I actually get, might get some use out of my gloves of arrow snaring, so that's nice. True. I rolled pretty okay. okay. I rolled pretty okay. Horrifying. Okay. Not gonna lie, the striped headdress, it's not working for him. No. He's, <laughs> no, he's a little too, so funny in the he's face. He's got that problem of being like, he's like two-tone because it's all red and gray white. So like, yeah. he just doesn't have any color beyond that. I just expect him to be going. <laughs> it's the teeth being on the front two teeth. Yeah. That, it's just funny. I mean, it, yeah, he's got that rat-like appearance. Yeah, little rat boy. So let's go ahead and get initiative from the party. Hollis Starkweather. Hollis rolls a 16 for a 23. All right. Sudi Kantar. Sudi rolls a 12 for an 18. All right. Masika of the Beckon. Uh, Masika rolls a 4 for a 6. Citra Nahamra. Uh, Citra is rolling really well tonight. I got an 18 for 24. All right. I just imagine she's feeling bolstered from her plan actually working. <laughs> uh oh, you're overly confident. I hope not. I'm debating whether to whip out one of my scrolls of greater invisibility. Let me queue up a little sirenscape. Sirenscape, the floor is still lava. <laughs> yep. Go ahead and actually, before we begin, go ahead and give me a perception roll from the party. Okay. No, I think this is going to be a moot point, but. Uh, Hollis gets a, rolls a 17 for a 20, a 32. Uh, Sudi rolls okay. an 18 for a 43. Masika rolls an 18 for a 25. Uh, do I get my danger sense? Yes. <laughs> then I rolled a 6 for a 30. Good grief. <laughs> Still somewhat of a moot point. So there will be a surprise attack round, although it will only involve the three invisible figures plus Hollis because they are invisible, and Hollis is the only one that can see them and act in the surprise attack round. Hey. Uh, because actually even the Nosferatu can't see his allies. Good for him. <laughs> Good for him, I guess, yeah. So, surprise attack round, Hollis Starkweather. All right, um, are all of these Baycocks within a 40-foot burst of each other? No, the two on your right are, but the one on your left, and the one on your left is within 40 feet of the Nosferatu. Again, there's it's two large circular rooms off towards your right and left, and then the alcove ahead of you with the pyramid. Yeah, but it's like an 80-foot thing, so I was like, that's kind of cool. Cool. Then um, Hollis is going to cast Undeath to Death on the two off to her um, right. Okay. And it works like Circle of Death. 
I need to roll 15d4 to see how many hit die. Roll well. Roll well. 36 hit die. And Jeez. let's see. The ones with the fewest hit die are affected first, etc. Oh, wait, they're Baycocks, though. No creature of nine or more hit die can be affected. Do I know what the hit die of Baycocks are? Are they? They're not special or anything, are they? Uh. You know that they were a challenge for you before. It's been a couple books, though. Can I make some sort of knowledge check to know? <laughs> sure, go ahead and make a knowledge religion. Oh, jeez. Your question um, is, do you think undeath to death would affect these? That's the question. Uh, I roll a 19, which is ridiculous, and I get a 30, a 45. No, you'd be very surprised if undeath to death affected this. Aww. Okay, then I will not undeath to death, and I will instead... Like, undeath to death is great against things like skeletal hordes and stuff like that. Okay, then I will, um, you know what? I'll just be spiteful. That's how I'm feeling. Let me make sure my range on this is okay. 100 feet, yep. I'm gonna look across the room at this Nosferatu. And okay. um, he might pass this, but I don't care. I'm gonna cast Greater Spell Crash on him. He can give me a will save. Okay. This is an abjuration spell. Will save, you say. Uh, that is a 33. Yeah, I mean, he makes it. So all three of the Baycocks fly forward. Uh, unbeknownst to everyone except for Hollis, who sees them all soaring around her on every side. Uh, at which point, all three of them howl. I will need three consecutive uh, will saves from the party. Round. They can't move and It is howl, a free action. Ah, seriously? Ah, that's lame. Ah. What is this, will save? It is a will save. This is a fear effect. Is it one per or total? One per. I will need three consecutive will saves. Yep, great. 20, 30... 33. Okay. I can only imagine how disconcerting it is considering that none of you even see what is howling, let alone what all three things are howling and echoing through this chamber. Yeah, when I get a turn, I'll tell you. you what I see, but. Yeah, so uh, I've got 27, 30, and 32. Okay. 30, 26, and 26. I got a 25, a 23, and a 29. Okay. So the good news, bad news is. Well, there's a couple layers of bad news. Uh, the first bad news is, is that Hollis, you failed one of those. Okay. Which unfortunately means that you are paralyzed with fear. Yeah. Well, that sucks. Sad. So unfortunately, Hollis, uh, you do fail one of those and are paralyzed with fear. Fortunately, all of the rest of you save. Unfortunately, that still makes you shaken for one round. And then a second save would technically make you shaken again, which makes you frightened for one round. And a third save would technically make you frightened, which makes you panic for one round. So we're Holy all panicked. So you're all running except combo. I thought if we save, we. If you save, it still makes you shaken for one round. Yeah. Because uh, fear effects are cumulative. A shaken character who is made shaken again becomes frightened. A shaken character who is made frightened becomes panicked yep. instead. A frightened character who is made shaken or frightened becomes panicked instead. Yeah, so no, there, that's there's totally no real. way to get around that. No, there's not. Well, it's one no, round. No, it's one round. One so round's we're gonna run out. Then we're gonna run out. Leave Hollis oh, to die for one round, yep, and then that's have to what's spend happening. Another round uh, coming back with the so Nosferatu assassin. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Hollis is screwed when she's for two paralyzed? rounds. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'll see y'all later. Use one of those things that to bring me back. That sucks. That is a sucky start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, t I'm telling you, high level, the most times I've come close to TPKing is with Baycocks. Like, for some reason, Baycocks just wreck parties. That brings us to round one of combat. Top of the initiative, Inhotef. This guy. First off, he'll uh, spell casts. Oh, great. He's a cleric. Uh, secondly, he will go ahead and 
Yeah, he'll go ahead and just judge all of you. Oh, As he kicks in his judgment, hefts his axe, and begins oh, to stride I his way forward. Oh, I have things for him. He's a spellcaster. Oh, axe. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, all right. Another one of the spells I've prepared might actually be useful in this fight. That makes me happy. Oh, are you going to try to spell crash him? I thought he was going to just be like an assassin, like rogue that didn't spell cast. And I was like, well, I have some things that mess with spellcasters, but if we're not fighting well, spellcasters. Well, if he was a rogue and he's one person, he's not going to be super effective. So I guess this makes more sense. Yeah. He's not one person. He's four people because also his friends well, are Well, the Bangkok's couldn't really give you a flank. So he will come straight in forward. Okay. Interesting choice to not run around the lava pool. He, he probably be, flies. Must be, be capable of jumping it. From there, we go to Citrin Ahamra. Uh, you are panicked. I have a 30-foot movement speed, so I'm not sure how far that gets me. So, as a panic <laughs> creature, you will drop anything that you're holding Just as your kukri strikes the floor. Okay, would I drop it or would I snap it? Like, you would drop it. You, no, you, you freak drop. out, you throw drop. your hands up, and flee All for right, your life. <laughs> yeah. Then yes, I run. I don't really know how far I so in essence, you can double move. Okay, so I go 60 feet. So. so yeah, you run out and are about halfway across the lava pool as you begin to flee out of the structure after hearing this horrifying, uh, how do they refer, refer to it? The dread howl of the Baycogs. Is this what, the third uh, tomb I've tried running out of? Fourth, mm -hmm. maybe? <laughs> and you saved Stewart's on this it. one. I know. <laughs> I figure yep. I just look at you and go, ah! <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, brings us to Hollis, so you shake off your paralysis. From there, we go to the first of the Baycocks. Lovely. He's invisible, and it's a target-rich environment. So he's going to go ahead and start with... There go Masika Sudi Hollis. Oh, he's spreading the love. That's great. So that's a 31 to hit uh, Masika's flat-footed AC. Uh, no, my flat-footed AC is a 33. Okay. So first arrow will miss. Second arrow, he'll go ahead and shoot at Sudi because Sudi's unarmored. That is a 28 to hit Sudi's flat foot, they say. Ah, uh, yep, that hits me. So a solid hit as an arrow streaks across the distance. Go ahead and make me a, uh, go ahead and make me a fortitude save. All right, I'm pretty good at that. That is a 13 for a 33. So an arrow streaks across the distance, slams into Sudi, striking him for uh, 14 points of regular damage, two points of negative energy damage. Ow. Mm. Uh, and for a moment, you feel your muscles lock up before you shake off the paralysis from their arrows. Fun! The third shot streaks across the distance at the no longer paralyzed Hollis. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, I Bay don't Cox, know if man. a 21 will hit Hollis. It doesn't! Flat -footed. <laughs> well, no, you're not even flat-footed because you can see them. Yeah. Yep. So it streaks across the distance. You parry it out of the way with your new staff. It's awesome. From there, we go to Sudi. Who flees like yep, the Yep, I have a hundred foot movement speed, so I'm. Uh, if I measured right, I'm on the other side of the <laughs> oh hallway God, so across from the uh, <laughs> across the bridge of uh, force. So I am. I am well and truly gone. So Sudi flees for his life, bringing us to the next of the Baycocks. Uh, it'll go ahead and take a shot at Masika, a shot at Hollis, and we'll figure out where I put that third shot in a second. Oh man, what a mess. Uh, so the first shot goes flying at Masika, which is still against your flat-footed AC, but that is still only a 26. No. Nope. Second shot at Hollis. Not rolling great for these guys. That's 23, though, which is better than the last one. No. I'm so sad for them. Third shot. This is their lowest bonus, so they're going to go ahead and shoot at the wizard. Rude. <laughs> that is a perfect 20. That'll Dang automatically it. hit ah! threat. Very rude. Uh, however, that's a 19 it. to confirm, which I don't believe no, will. That does not. All right. Go ahead and roll me a fortitude save. <sighs> okay. 
Uh, I rolled a 14 for a 22. Just barely. Uh, as the arrow slams into you, you feel spasming going up along your side. You take seven points of regular damage, one point of negative energy damage. Brings us to the third Baycock, which will go ahead and open up fire. Are they visible now that they've been firing? Improved invisibility. Yeah, they so have now. I'm telling you, Baycocks are one of the worst high-level things to They're fight. They're always in in-game dungeons, too. They always put them in the in-game dungeons. Yep. They always do this where they paralyze everybody and just wail on them. All right, so uh, that's a 36 to hit Masika. Yes. Strikes her. Go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Uh, striking Masika for nine points of regular damage, one point of negative energy damage. I roll a two for a 14. I don't know. A 14 will fell as Masika's muscles lock up as she is paralyzed. Next shot at Hollis. That is a 21 to hit the wizard. No, haha. And that's followed by a natural one, which will automatically miss. Okay, good. That brings us to Masika, who is paralyzed. Although you do shake free of your paralysis at the end of your turn. Yay. So Masika doesn't actually even flee. That's kind of nice, I guess. Which brings us back around to the top of the initiative in Hetef. I hate this guy. Especially because he's the one that casts greater invisibility. Jerk. Like you do. Well, because he had enough time because we had to, like, pry down the door. Yeah. Yeah, he was probably just watching us. Oh, they got another foot. Looks like they got another uh, foot. Okay, uh, now, uh, now, now, now. Yeah, yeah, okay. He's also an Inquisitor, which means he burned, what, four of or three of those? He burned so three, uh, three greater invisibilities. Yeah, so he burned some spells. I have spell a plan for those, that. maybe, so we'll see. You have invisibility purge? No. If I no. stab them, I can purge it. I have to spell magic, though. That's a lot of dispel magic. I have a lot of them. Well, two. Hollis is an obvious spellcaster. In fact, she just cast arcane magic. That is fair. Yep. Inatuf looks across the distance towards Masika. Help me now in destroying the others, and then we can talk. Ugh. Go ahead and make me a will save. You done picked the wrong girl. Hey, he doesn't know that she has a really Paula good will save. She's the closest thing to a fighter that looks like it's still around. Missy girl is a 13 for a 31. Okay. <laughs> Pick the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the weird things about our party. We're actually pretty decent at will saves all around, so. Uh, no, 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 we're not. I don't know Except why you're that saying that. Don't, don't, don't put that in the universe, Jordan. Please don't. <laughs> Rachel and I have the same will save, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Because I'm a wizard. I'm not built with whiz. Y'all didn't y'all didn't splurge on uh on cloaks of resistance? I have! <laughs> Mine's only a plus two. I even have iron will! <laughs> oh iron will well, iron will's a plus two, so you know there's that. Yeah, that still only puts me at an eleven. That's how she got equal with me. Ooh, child. Yeah! <laughs> I got a seventeen. There's a reason why I'm always the one panicked running out of tubes. Oh, no. Speaking of panic running out of tombs, uh, Citra, you snap back to yourself after about six seconds going, wait, where's my friends? Oh, crap, I dropped my <laughs> weapon. Ah, this is why you should have been a monk. <laughs> Citra is going to reach into her handy haversack, pull out a scroll of greater invisibility, and cast greater invisibility on herself. <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. Turn around. Well. Fair play. You have a five-foot step remaining. I would like to five foot step toward the door because I'm going to invisible myself and then go in there and wail. All right. You want to snap your finger and pull your offhand weapon? Yes. You will need to roll use magic device. I rolled a 14 for a 33. Okay. That will pass the DC 27. Cool. All right. So Citra is now invisible and on her way back. (laughs) So you guys won't know she's back till things start getting stabbed. I'll see you. Well, yeah, Hollis will see me. 
that takes us from there to Hollis Starkweather. Okay, here's what Hollis is doing. Hollis is, in her hand that's not holding a staff, pulling her lesser rod of quicken and quickening dispel magic on the greater invisibility on the one to her right. Okay. Also, I do apologize, and a second ago I said set. Nope, actually he offers up all of his prayers to Sekhmet. Oh, I like My him boy. better now, and I'm upset about it. To the goddess of slaughter. Ah, dang it. Uh, so, straight caster check. I don't think I had anything. Additionally, that gets me a 28. That's pretty good. Huh? Roll Just barely good. as the figure turns visible, flickering back <laughs> into sight. Nice. Great. Hovering 10 feet off the ground, like they do. Going to take the gamble. I don't love it. Oh, I also have greater arcane sight, so I can see any spells he has cast on himself. What does he have going on? Uh, looking over at the figure, you can tell that he is currently under the effects of Shield of Faith, Freedom of Movement, and uh, Divine Power. Mm. And hopefully when I start stabbing him, those will go away. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going <laughs> to use I'm my standard it. action to dispel magic again on the one uh, next to Masika, on this other side of Masika. And let's see if I can get that greater invisibility gone too. Okay. Okay. Chant and Tone, extend a hand. Slightly better, so I think I did fine. I rolled a 14 for a 29. 29. 29 will succeed as he flickers back into sight. All right, I'm lining him up if y'all get back here. I mean, I don't love it, but it is what it is. Uh, you have five foot step remaining if you'd like to take it. There's really not anywhere that I want to go, so I'm just going to stand here. All right. From Hollis, the other Baycock will go ahead and step forward. He hovers up in the air. Yeah, that Hollis spellcasting is pretty bad. He's going to go ahead and just open fire. He'll target Hollis to start with. Hollis is going to cast Ether Step and hop into uh, the Ethereal Plane. Okay. <laughs> Ether Step, immediate action. I will be in the Ethereal Plane until the beginning of my next turn. Okay. Well, I am Ethereal until the beginning of my next turn. Would they right. know that before they shoot, or would they shoot and then No, the first arrow passes through, through her, at okay. which point he has the two other arrows remaining. Yeah, essentially it's, which it's he's almost... He's probably just going to turn and wail Masika now. Yep, all three of them are going to full round attack me. But at least you're not flat-footed. Well, one of them, but the other it, two aren't. Are not. She, isn't she? Oh no, she's not paralyzed anymore. She's not paralyzed anymore. You also not have yet, a anyway. much better AC and saves than me, so I'm gonna hide. That's the only time I can do it. It's okay. I'm, I'm gonna get in there before the we're, next two fires. Yeah, maybe we're, they'll fire we're some on of our me. way. We're coming. Yeah, the only thing with that spell is it eats my standard action for the next turn, but I don't have a lot of spells left, so. So he turns his other two arrows on Masika. Uh, that next one is gonna fly at Masika with a twenty-two. No. And then follows that up with a 27. Wait, no. 26. No. So it goes selling past Masika. From Masika, or from there, we go to Sudi Kantar. All Sorry. right, Sudi about faces, runs 100 uh, feet <laughs> back through the uh, the lava wall, back into the main room. And look, there's two big cocks that are visible now, and the guy's a little bit closer. A little bit. They're still an invisible one. Actually, I don't think you can communicate from the ethereal plane. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, that's you right. Can't. She might just be wildly pointing. I say it to myself, you and then I realize that y'all can't, can't see her. Can't, me. Yeah, I can't even oh. see her. Yeah, I essentially like did a tiny baby plane so, shift. So right basically back. looks up, looks up at the, at the two Baycocks that are visible, looks over at the uh, the in, Inquisitor of uh, Segment. Segment. I didn't even hear that. So um, raises his hands in a ready position. Just yeah. To, yeah. <laughs> you slide your foot back into like the cool like like the martial arts pose. Watch out. All right, so new targets there. Uh, yeah. Um, Binox to Sudi, an invisible arrow comes flying in at him. <laughs> Which I cannot uh, snatch arrows on because I have to be aware of it to be able to snatch it. That is correct. Yeah, I got yep. nothing for him, so. 
So that's a 33 to hit your uh, flat-footed AC. Yep. Go and make me a fortitude save for that. Yep. Yikes, that's a 9 for a 29. <laughs> that fortitude save is ridiculous. I love it. Dude, I got a plus 5 cloak of resistance. I knew this was going to happen. You're also part boy. You're part stone. The best part, part is being boy. a monk and living monolith made all of my saves pretty much the same, so I've got good saves all around. Nice. Uh, so that is nine points of regular damage, followed Ow. by six points of negative energy damage. Ow! Another arrow comes sailing across the distance. Not flat-footed, though. Oh, wait, no, same one. Nope, okay. still flat-footed. Still yeah, invisible. Yeah, because he's invisible. I can't. Uh, 32. That <sighs> yep, that hits me flat-footed. Go ahead and make that fortitude save again. 11 for a 31. That's good. Uh, it's 12 points of regular damage, six points of negative energy damage. Ow. Man, I'm getting just rinsed. Third bolt. Uh, you're unarmored. Yeah. As opposed to Masika. So bolt comes selling. That's only a 24. To get, that actually misses. All right. That brings us to the one off to Joel's right, which you can see now. Hey, I can at least see this one. It'll take a five foot step back. Still wants to keep you in that point blank shot range. Fair. And uh, you know what? I should have. Ah, well, too late for that now. Yep. Go ahead and uh, open up fire. What I was thinking is I should have had the one since he was attacking your flat-footed AC use rapid shot, but oh well. So shoots at Sudi that you are aware of this one. Uh, yep. You're also aware it's coming in with a 36. I catch the arrow. Snatch arrows for that one. Awesome. The second yep. shot. I can't snatch any more this round, so it's going to hit me. It's a 32. Yeah, that hits me. Yep. Ah, wrong. Good. Oh, wait, wait, save. that's not flat-footed. That actually misses. You're not flat-footed. Okay. Ah, that misses. You managed to barely stumble out of the way of this one as it glances off your stony hide. <laughs> My stone boy. Yep. Third one will go ahead and shoot at Sudi as well. That is looking at a. That is a 19. That's not going to. No, hit. that misses. From there we go to Masika of the Beckon. All right. I'm going to cast Sunbeam. Yeah. Sweet. Okay. The Nosferatu uh, needs to make a reflex save. Reflex save, you say? You sure it's not a fortitude save? <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope it's not a fortitude save. No, just okay. Fail. Uh, that is a twenty-eight. Uh, he passes. Oh. oh. But he's still going to take fifteen d six of damage since he's vulnerable to sunlight, and I can do that five more times. So yeah. <laughs> hey, there we go. <laughs> what? Sunbeam. You are a ray of sunshine, Masika. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's going to, well, it's half of that. So I get do 67, so that's so it'll what? take 33 points of damage? Yes. Hey, oh, that's man. not too shabby. As a ray streaks across the distance and slices into your foe as he recoils back from it. All right, that's Masika's turn. He hisses in classic vampire style, baring his teeth at you. Because all vampires are 50% cat. <laughs> I mean, this guy apparently is 50% rat. It's true. <laughs> he does look very rat face. From Masika... That brings us to Inhotef. Uh That changes his choices here. Now that Sudi is here. Yep, yeah, um, he's gonna use... <sighs> Dang it. Mm. Yeah, there's no way to justify that. Yes! I don't know what, but yes! I was gonna say, if it's in our favor, yay! Yep. It's in your favor because I hold my monsters to the same standards that I hold you guys. Okay. He doesn't have knowledge local or knowledge the plains, so he can't identify what Masika is. 
Nice. <laughs> Sudu, however, is a catfolk. So Greater Bane catfolk as he strikes his way forward, hefts his axe. That's fine. Much to Sudi's surprise, the figure leaps forward, lands on the lava. Yeah, as he begins no to stride across the surface of it, spinning his axe what? and swings. What? This guy goes the extra mile. I mean, he's pretty cool, this guy. This guy's pretty cool. Y'all are both right. kind of suck I mean, minus We're kind of Sekhmet friends. Thing. No, we are not Sekhmet friends. He is not our friend. No, no. <laughs> no, he's bad, but he's kind of neat. All right, so he whips out with his uh, justice judgment. Mm. Given a bonus on there. We're Who gave Rick at... an Inquisitor play against us? How dare they? <laughs> I know. I know. This is literally giving Rick the most ammunition possible to How kill us. I couldn't have asked for anything better. <laughs> no, if it had a heavy repeating crossbow, you probably would have. Call him an assassin and he's an Inquisitor. No, thank you. That's a 44 to hit. Oh, yeah. Cool. That is 39 points of damage as the axe Ow. slams into you, ripping through you. Well, that's a problem. The figure simply smiles. Thank you for your offerings. His obscenely long tongue flicks out across the edge of his axe as he hefts it back and screams out to the Lady of Slaughter before stepping forward again. Uh, yeah. On the on the plus side, all of Sudi's blood is just like stone on that now, so mm. I'm dulling his edge. Yep. Take that. Just a bunch of pebbles. He's just chewing it like rock candy. Ew. <laughs> That's so gross. That's gross. That yeah. is so gross. Citra Nahamra. <laughs> Citra is going to finish running into the room to uh, move up uh, next to uh, Sudi. <laughs> Hollis Starkweather. Hollis pops back into uh, onto this plane and... Uh, you spring back into existence. Cannot take a standard action. You have a move action and a five foot step. She's where everyone is. Uh, we'll pick up Citra's kukri and uh, five foot step behind Sudi. <laughs> All right. Smart. That brings us to the Baycocks. Gang's all back together now. Begins his turn within the radius of Citra's helmet, even though he actually can't see where Citra is. There's still light pouring out from over there somewhere. He takes two points of damage. Two points of damage. Oh, and I do say that there's an invisible one over there now that I'm in this plane of existence. Uh, continues to hover there and we'll go ahead and he'll shoot that first arrow at Masika. They managed a good hit on Masika once before. And that's a natural one. Uh, he'll take the second shot yeah. at Hollis. No. Because wizard. And I don't know how many more ethereal steps you could possibly have. I don't have any more. Well, he doesn't know how many more yeah, you could possibly have either. Yeah, he doesn't know about me. <laughs> uh, so he follows that up with a shot at Hollis, which is going to be a 29. Yeah, that hits. Go ahead and make me a fortitude save. Eh? I don't know if that's going to do it. I roll a 10 for an 18. 18 will not succeed as oh, the arrow no. slams into you and you feel paralysis spreading across your side. Oh, boy. Um, if only I had a freedom uh, In addition, of you take uh, 10 points of regular damage and four points of negative energy damage. He'll go ahead and take that last shot at Sudi. Okay. Uh, the arrow streaks across the distance, although that's only a 20 to hit Sudi. No, that'll miss. Sudi, Kontar. All right. Well, my opponent has uh, put himself close to me, which means I don't get to do my cool uh, flying kick over the fire that I was going to do. It was going to look really <laughs> cool in my head, but uh, I'm not even going to question the fact that this guy can stand on top of the lava. That's whatever. <laughs> um, Sudi is going to full out attack this man. Floria blows. All right. Uh, but first, okay. he's going to switch into pummeling style. All right. Switch so action. I will pummel through this guy's damage reduction. Also, I can't get big because I've got 10 people around me. So huzzah, right. here we go. For a moment, it just looked like you had Masika next to you, and then suddenly Hollis appeared out of nowhere, and ah. then... 
You don't know Citra's there yet. <laughs> yeah, so I roll a nine. That's a 29. A 29 will not strike your target as you lash yeah. out with your fist. That's what oh. I was afraid of. Here we go. Uh, number two. All right, slightly better. Let's try a 12 for a 32. Just barely strikes your target as Woo! you lash a weapon out. Gotta get out. some dispelling going. As you lash a hand out, barely avoid his weapon as you slam your fist into him. I do nine points of damage to him. All right, you barely injure him, although it is enough. Uh, Citra would like to hop in with an opportunist. Woo! Very well. You spring in invisibly from the side. All right. I roll a 15 for 34, which is a threat. A 34 will hit threat. Roll to confirm. Um, with the exact same, a 34 to confirm. Nice. A 34 will confirm your critical hit as you lunge to the attack. I also I have a dispelling attack. Okay. Dispel he has that, a number dude. of spells on him. Uh, when I deal sneak attack, uh, the target is affected by a dispel magic, affecting the lowest level spell uh, effect active on the target. Right, and it'll probably be my... either that shield or that, was it divine favor? I think it was divine favor. Uh, divine power, which is way better oh, than divine favor. never mind, that's favor. a thing. All right, so a uh, total that gets me uh, 50 points of damage. He is uh, bewildered and disoriented. Ouch. For the rest yeah. of this round. And you're still invisible. Okay, so I need to roll my d20. I rolled a 12, which gets me a uh, 27 to dispel one of his magical effects. His lowest level magical Just effect? barely succeeds the lowest level spell on him. <laughs> yep. Uh, which would probably be his shield of faith, which sucks, because that's giving him a pretty good armor class boost. I love it. All right. Sudi still has the rest of his turn. Okay, yep. so now that I've hit him, uh, my <laughs> pummeling bully comes into effect, giving me the ability to get a free trip or reposition. I'm going to trip him, or oh. attempt to trip him, I should say. Uh, so here we go. That must be a new feat. No, he's had it for a little bit. Yeah, you guys just fight so many flying things that it doesn't I know, really it's come into like play forever. <laughs> uh, this actually, that's a pretty good chance. Uh, so that's a 16. That gets me a 34 to trip him. A 34 will succeed. Hey! I don't think he could have seen this coming. Please tell me that he, <laughs> it only works on his boots and he falls into the lava. I would be so happy. <laughs> I will be that, so happy. That I, won't, I will actually be sad hilarious. that we lose all this treasure, but... Yeah. Please tell me this worked out way better than I thought. So he's able to tread on any lava as if it were firm ground. His feet hover an inch above the surface. So However, he's not he actually falls, touching the lava. Well, however, this, it's actually his boots that are granting him this ability. So I would mm -hmm. argue that if someone was tripped, then they would still hit the surface of it. They may not fall all the way in, but they would definitely They wouldn't hit go it. into it, but yeah, I think it would technically subject him to it. So he's going to take the, the Fire. whatever, 20d6 for contact with lava? Uh, 20d6 is for full immersion. Oh, okay. So he takes he's whatever. He's just touching the... it. All right, fine. Just touching it deals. Um... Yeah, touching it's bad. <laughs> Okay. Well, actually, yeah. touching the surface of it only deals 2d6 points of damage. Hey, you know, it's that's a free 2d6 points of damage. Still something. So, yeah, go ahead and bounce your 2d6 as he <laughs> hits the lava. <laughs> All right. You can do this a bunch of times. Uh, so, you can take nine points of damage from uh, fire from the lava. Okay. That does not seem to affect him. No. Oh. He's got Because in addition to letting him you know? walk on lava, it also gives him fire resistance. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I guess for such an occasion, but he does slap on his back on top of the lava, so there cool. is that. Um, then Sudi has two more attacks, and he's just going to continue pummeling him. <laughs> Although I probably switched my legs and like 
kick him, try to like just smush him into the lava <laughs> without okay. touching myself. All right, uh, his AC was hecka high, so I'm hoping that lowered it down enough that I can actually hit him with these. Well, he has a minus two as well. He has a minus two, and Citra just dispelled one of his defenses. And he's powerful. Uh, okay, so that's, I rolled a 12 for a 27. A 27 will now hit him. Hey! <laughs> I'll take it. Too bad you can't opportunist right. again. That is 11 points of damage. I wish. Uh, final attack, before I use a key point, because I'm going to use a key point. Um, here we go. Uh, this is very unlikely to hit. That is a 13 for a 23. Because of dispelling his defenses, a yeah. 23 will strike your target. <laughs> yes! <laughs> Teamwork makes a dream I, I will work. point out that Shield of Faith, when you're a 15th level caster, is a plus five to your AC. Yeah, Shield Ooh. of Faith is good. Wow. It is an amazing first level spell. I'm so sorry he doesn't have that I anymore. know, sucks for him. <laughs> I mean, he can sort of standard action casting it again. He, he wants he to could, do that yeah. if he wants to. Uh, so, Sudi deals another uh, 13 points of damage to him. I then another spend a key point blow. to get another attack. I've been saving them for this man uh, at my highest base attack bonus. Here we go. <laughs> All right, I this roll. really man. didn't work out the way he expected. This is like the third 12 <laughs> this attack round. This is really weird. Um, so, uh, that's a 12 for a 32. A 32 will strike your target. For 15 points of damage. Another solid blow as you continue to hammer down on him. Weird, yeah. Uh, from, he's still going. Yeah, no, I figured. From That's the end of my turn. Sudi, we go to the improved invisible Baycock. Can't see the improved invisible Citra. So we'll go ahead and just open fire on Sudi. Oh, he takes damage. Okay. He does take damage. Takes a D6. Yep. Takes three points of damage. So he'll go ahead and open fire on Sudi. And you know what? He'll go ahead and rapid shot because yep. you can't see him. Yep. I gotta get unparalyzed oh. to mess with him. Here we go. All right, Sudi, so we're starting off with that first shot being a 32 to hit your flat foot, Lacey. Yep, that'll hit. All right, go ahead and make me a fortitude save as the arrow slams home for seven points of regular damage ah, and three points of negative energy damage. I missed the dice tower. I roll an 18 for a 38 on the fortitude save. Still good. He'll go ahead and shoot a second time. Also at Sudi. Ooh. That is a really good hit. That's a 36 to hit. Yep. That is a threat. I have a 30% immunity to criticals and sneak attacks. Might not be pertinent. Uh, it's a 23 against your flat-footed confirm. Oh, that misses, yeah. All right, I will still need you to go ahead and make me a fortitude save. As another arrow slams home for an additional nine points of regular and one point of negative energy. Uh, 18 for a 38, still holding out. All right, he'll go ahead and take his third shot at, uh, he'll go ahead and take his third shot at the paralyzed Hollis. Eh. Shooting across the distance, that one slams into Hollis for a 21 to hit your paralyzed AC. Yeah, definitely. Striking Hollis for 10 points of regular damage, five points of negative energy as ah. an arrow slams into you. His rapid shot will go ahead and fire at, Sudi is not stopping. Um, he'll go ahead and fire at Masika. Boo. Pirate Sudi. I at least can make the save consistently. That's going to be on the fence. I don't know if a 29 hits Masika's flat-footed. Yeah, it's 33, so no. All right, so the last bolt slices past her. Bring us to the other Baycock, which we'll go ahead and uh, he's not going to rapid shot. He will five... Well, he'll first off take uh, 1d6 points of damage from Citra. Two points of damage. He'll then take a five-foot step forward, flies up through the air, knocks and fires. He'll go ahead and shoot down... 
Oh, sorry, did I get a fortitude save from Hollis? No. Before I, I forget. Roll a nine for a 17 and continue to be paralyzed. It's whichever one has the longer duration. Hmm. Uh, he'll go ahead and fire, he'll fire one arrow starting at Masika, because you're blasting literal sunbeams from your hands. That soars across the distance with a 31, but this is against your regular AC. Uh, no, that won't hit. He'll then take a shot at Sudi, which is a natural one. Woo! He'll try to take another shot at Sudi, but even that's adjusted 25 to hit your regular AC. No. Masika of the Beckon. How bad is Sudi? A little over half right now. Do you want me to try to get rid of one of these Baycocks, or do you want me to heal you? Get rid of the Baycocks. All right, I'm going to cast Sunbeam on this one. To the one with the to the left of the Nosferatu. Okay. Are they particularly vulnerable to bright light or sunlight? They are not. Okay, but they're still undead, so they take the still they take are the still six. All right, so he needs to make a reflex save. That's also pretty good. As a twenty-three. No, that's gonna fail. Ha! Nice. So, so as he continues he takes... to rain arrows down on the lot of you. He takes forty-two points of damage. Ouch. And they are blind. Okay. Hey, nice. Solid blast slams into them. Uh, you still have a move action or a five-foot step remaining as the Baycock recoils from the hit. Masika's going to stay where she is in case uh, I'm pretty much... I don't know where Citra is, but I'm right next to Hollis and uh, Sudi if they need healing. All right. That takes us from Masika to Inatef, as just stated... Things definitely went sideways from his initial plan. I mean, he's literally sideways <laughs> to to <laughs> vertical. Because <laughs> the boy's grown. Go ahead and make a concentration check. Oh, uh, he also takes uh, one point of damage. Okay. Yep, he takes one point of damage. He hits his back, reaches up, grabs his holy symbol, smiles up towards Sudi, this like row of pointed teeth. You are a true warrior. He then flips forward, calls out, Segment before disappearing entirely from sight. And we'll pick it up here next time. Oh wait. no! Come on! Wait, even from Hall, uh, from Hollis's view? No, Hollis can still see it, but Hollis is paralyzed. Hollis is paralyzed. Hollis can't see anything. Yeah, so Hollis, Hollis has plans. Like, Find the Path Ventures is an officially licensed partner of Paizo Incorporated. Mommy's Mask is copyright 2014. Mommy's Mask and the Pathfinder Adventure Path are trademarks of Paizo. All Pathfinder images are property of Paizo and are used with permission.